As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. Well, simply put, that was the worst loss of Bill Belichick's tenure at home. The worst loss of his tenure as Patriots coach, and that's obviously a dynastic two-decade stretch. He came on in 2000, and the 49ers just beat New England 33-6, to so... Uh, you, you could start with that. You could say that something that bad hadn't been done on that field or in the city of Foxborough since they built a new stadium in that time, uh, you know, ever against Bill Belichick. And the 49ers did it down seven frontline defensive players. They've obviously had their share of injuries on offense. They're much healthier on that side of the ball, but they still did it with a third string center. It was just a dominant rushing performance. And just efficient overall offensively, I guess you can say. Matt, Matt, this was a complete team effort that signified that the 49ers are here to stay as, you know, at least NFC contenders this year and possibly even Super Bowl contenders because I will continue to maintain that this is about getting into the playoffs and getting hot at the right time. Because if that's the baseline, if that's the goal for the regular season, the 49ers with this win have shown that that they have enough even shorthanded to really be a force in this league. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, ju- uh, just get in is is the key, and that, that's looking more and more feasible uh, the more we go. I, I you know, a couple of weeks ago, I thought, okay, maybe just be five and five heading out of the bye, but maybe I'm kind of uh, underselling that because uh, they can they can get uh, a little bit better than that. But you're right, and I, I think it starts with that offensive line. Uh, if that offensive line is rolling, they can do so much with it. Um, you know, no Raheem Mostert for this game. No Tevin Coleman. They obviously did not want to give Jarek McKinnon uh, a lot of carries because um, his, he's got no pop in his legs right now. Uh, so they had to go with Jeff Wilson. And Jeff Wilson looked like the second coming of, yeah, you name it, a, a back from the 70s or 80s. Larry Zonka, John Riggins, he was running over guys. And uh, he's not that big of a guy. He, he runs... Um, yeah, like a like a, a much larger guy, like a guy from a different era. He's about 210 pounds, uh, and uh, he was dragging tacklers. It was exactly what they needed. I, I described it as a uh, a punch to the gut 
of the Patriots' defense. And that's really what it was. It was a lot of Jeff Wilson. It was a, a, a huge amount of Kyle Juszczyk. Uh, they were getting their blue-collar guys uh, out there on the field and just taking it to the Patriots. Um, Dennis, I'm sure that's a game that you just kind of uh, love to see, just a very uh, lunch pail type of uh, outing from the 49ers. Yeah, and I don't think we really know what we're talking about because we talked about that first quarter of the season being the easy part. And the 49ers struggled, and they come out into what we we were saying was going to be the gauntlet, the teeth. And they've come out like, you know, superstars. You know, the Rams last week, they dismantle them, and they get on the road, go across the country, and they beat up on New England. So this team has, has just showed up the last two weeks. And what I like today, I like the physicality today. I mean, offense and defense. Running backs ran with some physicality. The defensive line, they own the defensive line, their line of scrimmage, and offensive line. Some of the blocking. I mean, if you go back and watch this tape, Trent Williams, George Kittle, pancakes all day long. They just went out and they just got physical. And I was actually surprised how bad Cam Newton played. There were some blitzes in there, but you know, I don't think it was anything new on defense. I think Salah had a good game plan. But there wasn't a lot of pressure. The Patriots just look bad today. And the 49ers, I think, you know, set the tone very early. That first drive going down and scoring. Jimmy Garoppolo with that, uh, getting that first down. They kind of set the tone running for that first down. All the way around, just, just being more physical than the Patriots today. Yeah, let's start with the offense, since I think both sides of the ball deserve a lot of praise, a lot of recognition today. But but you're right, Dennis. The 49ers had the ball first, and I thought that on that first third down, Jimmy Garoppolo dropped back to pass, looked like he was going to get sacked because the, the protection didn't hold up. But he just you know turned into a fullback, turned into Jeff Wilson there. He channeled that dark side energy that uh, George Kittle was talking about after the game, which I'll get into later. George Kittle, I, I, maybe I should just mention it right now. George Kittle said Jeff Wilson goes into a dark place during these games and he meant that in a very complimentary tone he meant that he just goes crazy he gets physical he he gets that look in his eyes where he will not be denied and that's something that a football team needs to reach that level of performance that's necessary to succeed in a violent sport. Well, Jimmy Garoppolo himself, I thought, embodied that on the first third down of the game where he wouldn't let guys that were much bigger and stronger than him take him down, pick up the first down, and then from that point on, only the 49ers could stop the 49ers. If you look at the drives that were stalled in the first half, it was because of holding penalties for the 49ers. There was a a critical holding penalty against George Kittle that forced the 49ers into a third and long. That's when Garoppolo's interception came. And then later on, a Trent Williams holding penalty slowed down a 49ers drive. But when they weren't committing penalties, they were rushing for 6.5 yards per carry, and they were throwing for 12 yards per attempt, which is just, you know, silly. That's high school level domination. And this is against the Patriots defense that was number one in the league last year. Now, obviously, the Patriots have fallen off. They don't have some of the guys because of the opt-outs. This is not a good year for them. But I don't care who you do that to in the NFL. Those numbers in professional football mean that it's more about you, not the defense. And I think the 49ers, Matt, now have that pedigree after their run last year. Now they're in this gauntlet, I think it's safe to say it's more about how they play. And if they play the balanced offense that they're capable of that we saw today, I think they can move the ball on anybody in this league. Yeah, and um, you know, George Kittle was asked about that. Why sort of the, the sudden eruption these last two weeks in the offense? And he went back to something that they'd been talking about for a while, that 
You know, Debo Samuel was hurt all offseason. He didn't start to get going until uh, three or four weeks ago. Brandon Ayuk didn't have an offseason. Trent Williams is new. Daniel Brunskill is new to right guard. And maybe he's right. Maybe they've just kind of found that, that gear that they were searching for early in the season because right now it's all clicking really well. They need to kind of capture it, uh, put it in a bottle when they go up to Seattle on Sunday. That's going to be a huge test for the defense. But to your point earlier, if that offensive line is clicking, if the offense can do everything that it's done in the last two weeks, this is a team that should be in every game. It should have a chance to at least uh, be in striking distance at the end of every contest. And then, you know, that that's the microcosm. The, the macro is that if they do that, then they'll be in striking distance for the season as well. It'll be really interesting to see what their record is coming out of that Week 11 bye. They got a late bye this year. We had an early one last year. If they're on a, on a roll at that point and they get some of these other guys back who are hurt right now, this is the team that you don't want to play in the month of December. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You talk about just the weapons and and how deep this team is. The running backs. I mean, what, what a great example. Jeff Wilson Jr., we didn't even talk about him this week. We knew Raheem wouldn't be there. We were still trying to figure out who was going to be the bell cow. And, and you know, he comes in and has his career day. Uh, I think it was three touchdowns, over 100 yards rushing. He was a beast out there. And, and you said it with George Kittle. He went to a dark place and he ran super physical. I mean, he was breaking arm tackles. He was running over people. It's, it's too bad he got hurt on his last touchdown but there again you just see how deep this team is and you and you talk about the the weapons on this team especially often when this offense is clicking and Jimmy Garoppolo is making good decisions every game you're going to see 30 points or more on the board easily and I think you could very well see it next week as I'm speaking right now it's overtime in Arizona Seattle and the Cardinals are gashing the Seahawks in overtime this could be a 37 point explosion for the Cardinals and a win over the Seahawks. So we've been talking about this every week on the podcast, guys. Balance is going to be the key at the end of this season. It's not about who's going to come out of the gates with the flashiest offense. It's not about who's going to come out of the gates with a defense that post two shutouts in weeks one and two. It's about the team that's going to be able to do both over the longer stretch of the NFL season, which is a war of attrition. And that's why I thought this performance from the 49ers was you know, notable because they did it on both sides of the ball. And now that they enter even further into the teeth of the schedule, you know, we, we keep on joking, oh, this is not that hard. Well, the next two weeks, they're going to face top five pass offenses in the Seahawks and then the Packers. So we're going to see what can this defense which is so shorthanded, do. And what I found really, really interesting against the Patriots and also against the Rams the week prior is that the 49ers are smothering opposing teams with their secondary, even despite the fact that the pass rush is a far cry of what it was last year. They've essentially morphed into a coverage first unit. And I thought that was so fitting because that's how New England has stayed good for two decades. 
you know, they've turned into this defensive amoeba. They're able to tailor their strengths based on what personnel is available, and that's what you have to do to succeed in the NFL. And the 49ers 100% are doing that. They're turning into this defense that can really determine how they're going to succeed based on what's in front of them. And I think that's the sign of a team that can sustain itself throughout the course of this long season. Yeah, and you're talking about a suffocating secondary. It was a secondary that was out three of its its top four players. No Richard Sherman for this game. No Joukowsky Tart. Uh, Jimmy Ward got hurt late in Thursday's practice. Uh, he was a late scratch. So they went with uh, Marcel Harris and Tarverius Moore, and you're thinking, oh, man, uh, Cam Newton's just going to feast in this game. This is going to be the game where Newton, that Patriots offense, gets on track. Julian Edelman's going to have a big game, et cetera, et cetera. None of that happened. Uh, Cam Newton was just awful in this game. He wasn't looking uh, aggressively down the field. He was looking to the kind of the short, uh, easier passes, and even those he was having trouble with. And, and that was in, in large uh, part due to the 49ers. Fred Warner, uh, anybody who watched the game, you're starting to hear him uh, get that sort of national praise, uh, you know, Pro Bowl, All-Pro. All um, somebody on Twitter, uh, a, a prominent uh, national reporter said that he's the, the top pick for Defensive Player of the Year. And it, it's hard to argue against that. I mean, he's just been everywhere. And, um, you know, what, what separates him from other inside linebackers is that he's good in, in, in pass defense. And he showed that today with the, uh, the interception, his second of the year. So um, everybody's stepping up. Jason Verrett had another strong game. I thought that Emmanuel Mosley had his strongest game of the season. Uh, and they were just beating up on this Patriots offense. The Patriots just looked lost in this game. They were awful. And uh, I'm sure the 49ers defense played a big role in that. Yeah, and uh, you look at this defense and the missing starters might be in the double digits by now. But you look at the guys who stepped up, you know, secondary. Jamar Taylor, I mean, he. I think he had two picks today. Yeah. Uh, Marcel Harris, Dre Greenlaw. You know, we always talk about you know, the next man up, stepping up, playing at the same level, not losing anything, playing at a higher tier. They showed up today. Now, now New England, they don't have very good receivers. I think Cam, you know, Cam is at a disadvantage because he doesn't have many weapons, but they definitely shut him down. Uh, and then everything else was kind of gravy, you know, shut down a run game, make that team one dimensional. And Cam just could not do it. Now, I, I've been watching this Sunday night game, and this secondary, the challenge is coming up. I mean, it's going to be a big challenge. You look at what Lockett's doing tonight, and Metcalf is, uh, is, is a beast. He is unbelievable. So this week, you know, you, you didn't really have a deep threat. Next week, you got to be on your horse. You got to be on your game plan, uh, and you got to play even better next week because you got Russell Wilson and this this passing attack. And I think the 49ers are definitely going to have to find some semblance of an increased pass rush. I, I don't think that what they showed the past two weeks is going to be enough against offenses like Seattle's and Green Bay's. Because we saw Aaron Rodgers turn into a completely different quarterback last year whenever he faced the 49ers. You saw the impact that pass rush can have. And no matter how tight the coverage is now, I think they're going to need to be a little bit better up front starting next week. And hey, maybe that's going to come from a pickup like Jordan Willis, who reports to the team facility on Monday after the trade with the New York Jets. Maybe it comes courtesy Robert Sala. He definitely dialed up the blitz at the right time against the Patriots. Cam Newton starting to move the ball a little bit, first drive of the second half after a couple big pickups. 
Robert Sala dials up great Dre Greenlaw, the linebacker coming in off the blitz, and they get a big sack of Newton, and that snuffed it out. The 49ers are blitzing 15% more of the time, more often this season than they did last year. And that's Robert Sala adjusting. That's Robert Sala realizing that he's going to have to manufacture that pass rush. And I think that the 49ers are going to have to play some smoke and mirrors, Matt, moving forward here against your Seattles, against your Green Bays, maybe even against your Saints. But as they've shown over the past two weeks, adaptability is everything. And it looks like they have that adaptability both on the roster and on the coaching staff. Yeah. And we've been talking about this uh, all season, really. It's uh, a, a way to sort of turn up the heat, especially from the edges, uh, given all the injuries uh, uh, to those edge players, Nick Bosa, D Ford, Ziggy Ansah, et cetera. And, and you mentioned Jordan Willis and he'll, he'll be interesting to watch. I mean, I don't think, I think you agree with me, David, that they just don't have the the room, the wherewithal to make any sort of splashy trade, which which is a shame because they're they're showing right now that they are a playoff team, that they, they can do some damage in the playoffs. And I think it's obvious that their major weakness is on the edge. And, and this may be the only move that John Lynch can make, can afford to make, uh, sort of a, a modest one for Jordan Willis, who, uh, if you're looking at this in the most optimistic way, you can argue that he was mismanaged uh, by the team that drafted him, the Bengals. Uh, he was 255 pounds coming out of Kansas State. The Bengals had him uh, get up to 280 and become more of a you know a base 4-3 end. And uh, the 49ers are obviously saying, okay, we see you more as a as a rush end, a guy in our wide nine who's going to scream off the edge like D. Ford does. Use some of that speed uh, for which he was, uh, I don't want to say famous, but for which he was known coming out of Kansas State. Uh, really good get-off time. And, you know, the hope is that they're putting him in the system that, that suits him because that's what they need. I mean, I, I, I've been watching Deion Jordan. Uh, it's, just not, it's just not there. It's just not, it's just not coming on, on those third down plays. And uh, if, if you look at one element that this team really could use, just like wide receiver at this, at this time last year, it sure does look, Dennis, like it's uh, it's defensive end, edge, just getting some sort of heat coming off the edge there. I totally agree. And, and when you look at a guy like Nick Bosa, he doesn't have the big giant uh, sack numbers, but he has consistent pressure. And that's what the 49ers need to help out the secondary is consistent pressure, getting quarterbacks off their mark scramble around, balls coming out early, balls coming out late, quarterbacks scrambling around, you know, not sitting in the pocket, climbing the pocket and making throws down the field. If Willis is a guy that can just put some pressure off the edge, he's worth everything to this 49ers defense in Salah. You just need someone on that outside that's going to rush a quarterback, get him off his mark, make him throw when he doesn't want to throw, make him feel uncomfortable, make him see ghost out there, anticipate pressure and throwing the ball. That's all you need. You don't need someone's going to come in and get 10 sacks, which is great, but you need someone's going to get these quarterbacks off its mark. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Well, it's going to be 
really fascinating to see how this evolves. I, I almost find it to be more, you know, interesting to cover a team that has holes like this season's 49ers. Last season's team, yeah, we talk about getting Emmanuel Sanders, plugging that hole, but th- that was like a super team, right? They they were up 27 nothing in the NFC Championship game, and then they met up with the NFL's other super team in the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and then they lost that, that game. So it was a true Super Bowl with two super teams. This season, the 49ers are going to have to scratch and claw their way through this schedule the injuries have really beleaguered them but they're finding a way to really make it work and one linchpin that I think that they cannot live without is their quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo and today was his big return to New England now we talked about the the huge first play today from Garoppolo on that third down when he scrambled for the first down you know just as big in my opinion within the context of the 49ers offense are the early completions from Garoppolo to George Kittle because there is one there where George Kittle was lined up as an outside receiver and he feigned a block and then he goes from that fake block to a pass pattern and when the 49ers complete that I think that just plants that immediate seed of doubt in New England's defense that they say hey the pass may be coming at any time the threat of the pass is there and what do you know dominant rushing performance it reminded me the NFC title game first drive big completion of Debo Samuel 49ers roll over the Packers from that point on I think that Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy that really unlocks the floodgates for this 49ers offense if the threat of pass is there Shanahan can really cook with that running game yeah they like to have those confidence builders in the beginning of the game and and they were getting them uh you you mentioned the Garoppolo run there was one play where, where Kittle was being covered by Stephon Gilmore you know maybe the best cornerback in the league and he puts a move on Gilmore and catches the ball at the sideline. I mean, if, if that doesn't build your your confidence that you can come in and, uh, you know, push the ball downfield against this New England defense, I don't know what does. And conversely, that, that probably erodes the confidence of, of, the, of the Patriots. We can't put our, our top cornerback on a tight end and, and stop a pass. Uh, so, I mean, that was sort of a, a microcosm of this game. The rest of it happened that way. Yeah, I, I thought it was a, a good game by Jimmy Garoppolo. He had the, the bad pick where the ball sailed on him. I don't know if that's ankle-related or, or what. Um, but you would have thought, you know, heading into this game, that he was going to be the the big storyline coming out of it one way or another. E- either the 49ers win and, you know, he's the top player and he has his sort of revenge uh, going back to New England, or they lose and, you know, um, you know that, that would have been a storyline as well. He was maybe the the third or the fourth storyline in this game. I mean, it was all about uh, defense and, and running game, and and he did a good job managing the game, but um, not a not a colossal game for him. Uh, I don't blame him for the second interception. That was a hail mary pass at the end uh, of the of the half there. But um, uh, I thought it was uh, you know kind of similar to the to the Rams game. He did have one deep ball to Brandon Ayuk. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo does not attempt a lot of deep balls, but this one was uh, on point. Uh, maybe it could have led Ayuk a little bit more inside, and he could have sailed into the end zone, but it did set up that last uh, Jeff Wilson touchdown, and at that point, this game was was a route. Yeah, and, you know, Matthew, you did say game manager. You said the dreaded words, game manager. But, yeah, I, I think it ends and begins with Jimmy Garoppolo. You call them confidence builders, um, I think it's just a great game plan. I mean, some of these, the screens to Debo as he's, you know, not breaking stride, being able to put the ball right there where he, you know, when he turns that corner, 
to get outside of the defense. You know, some of those throws, some of those throws in the windows to a small window to George Kittle. You know, the numbers show this team, he's the best quarterback on the team. The team wins when he's starting and he's healthy. He gets dinged a lot because he doesn't go down the field, it feels like. But uh, like you said, he had that one throw to, to Brandon Ayuk. It was it was perfect right over his shoulder. But I think this, you know, this offense begins and ends with Jimmy Garoppolo. If he's comfortable in the pocket and he has those that those early success and he does things like, you know, put his head down and, and get that first down, you know, the team believes in him. But once he does stuff like that, those good decisions and those tough, gritty plays, I think, you know, the team just jumps on his back and just rides it. And I think this game was over at halftime pretty much. I think the Patriots have pretty much it looked like the Patriots had maybe made some adjustments coming back in the second half, but it went away real fast as the defense jumped on it. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it was definitely over at halftime because no matter what the Patriots were going to do offensively, they could not stop the 49ers. And that goes back to the game plan. I think you're right, Dennis. Kyle Shanahan has basically, the past two weeks, eliminated the 49ers' weaknesses, right? The, the weakness is up that A-gap. They're on their third-string center. So what Kyle Shanahan has done, he's just moved the point of attack laterally. He's moved it to the sides of the field through quick swing passes to the outside. He's rolling out Garoppolo on the play action. I mean, he's accentuating what the 49ers do well and hiding the weakness, and the weakness obviously is that straight pass protection. The game plan today was masterful. It was poetic. It was vengeance for Kyle Shanahan. You better believe that he never forgot what happened in that Super Bowl to end the 2016 season against New England when they blew the 28-3 lead. He got away from the run game, uh, you know, maybe a few too many passes at the end. Well, today he came out with a game plan that I suspect he's been working on for years in anticipation (laughs) of this matchup. I would not be surprised. I might have even heard from somebody, let's put it this way, that Kyle Shanahan had been putting a little bit of time every single week into this game plan to get this right. And he just went out there and he punished New England. And so Matt and I, we both had the Star Wars analogy about either Jimmy Garoppolo being Luke Skywalker going back to the Death Star to face Darth Vader. I thought it was Kyle Shanahan going back and Garoppolo was his lightsaber. You know, there was this dueling thing because they're one unit, right? These guys go and and they fight the opponent as one. And when the coach and the quarterback are on the same cohesive page, great things can happen. And the whole running game binds together, and we see that full product. And today, for the 49ers, you've got to feel that Kyle Shanahan um, feels that he, he came full circle after one of the low points of his career a few years ago. Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, Bill Belichick is supposed to be the master at, at finding those weaknesses and exploiting them, and um, he couldn't in this game. It's as simple as that. And you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's what, that's what Kyle Shanahan has done best these last two years. You wonder how the 49ers can cope with all these injuries. I mean, remember, they were coping with them last year as well. Uh, Joe Staley out for, you know, more than a month. Mike McGlinchey out for more than a month. No George Kittle for two games. No Kyle Juszczyk for three games. Um, He's really good at masking those things, and and he's still doing the same thing now. Um, the, the, The question is whether uh, Robert Sala is able to kind of pick up a, a few tricks too because uh, that, that's where a lot of the, the injuries have come this year on that side of the ball. Um, and I think we saw today that he did a great job. Now, as we've been discussing, Russell Wilson, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, those guys are going to really test those weaknesses. We don't know how long Jimmy Ward's going, going to be out or Joukowsky Tart. It seems like Sherman's going to be out through the bye. Uh, so, uh, Sal is going to have to do some masking of his own 
and um, it's going to test that uh, that defensive secondary beginning Sunday in Seattle. You know the weapons that Seattle has. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna stretch your defense, and you either have to have great coverage, or you got to somehow contain Russell Wilson, and and that's that's easily said and tough to do. Because he extends the plays, he's always looking down the field, and and he's always scrambling for a first down. So yeah, big challenge coming. Arizona had a chance to win the game after they stopped Seattle. First off, Arizona came back late in the game. Kyler Murray was awesome on the comeback. Underscored the fact that Seattle doesn't have a good defense too. I mean, the yardage was there to be had, points were there to be had, but at the very end of the you know it, during overtime, so at the start of overtime. Arizona kicked the field goal, but Cliff Kingsbury iced his own kicker right before they made it. And then Zane Gonzalez, the kicker, missed the subsequent try. So Russell Wilson got the ball with a chance to win the game. All he needed was a field goal, but he threw an interception that was returned almost into field goal range, and then Arizona kicked it and and won the game 37-34. So as we were speaking here, the NFC West just went up another level. I mean, this is already the best division in football. Now you have Arizona up there. Now you have Seattle up there. 49ers are still technically in last place, but I think that it's just as much of their division as anybody else's because they still play the Seahawks twice. They still have a game against Arizona. The Rams are still going to run around and do some damage in this division, and the 49ers have already beaten them once. So this is really the Wild West, Matt, and I think it's fitting that we saw that unfold as we were speaking between Arizona and Seattle because the 49ers have the Seahawks next. Yeah, everybody in the division has a winning record right now. That's uh, that's pretty amazing after, what are we, seven weeks now. And, um, you know, good news for the 49ers. They had this long trip to New England. They're coming back with a win. Uh, I think it's like five and a half, six hour uh, re- return flight back. But they're probably getting into their beds the same time as the Seahawks tonight. Uh, the Seahawks going deep into overtime, uh, a night game. And uh, I don't know what the snap counts are, but when you're playing Kyler Murray in that Arizona Cardinals uh, offense, that's that's an exhausting game. So um, you know, the, 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 there'll be a sort of an evenness, I think, as far as freshness in this game coming up. But yeah, 49ers at four and three, Seahawks at five and one. Um, again, striking distance is, is the theme. The, the 49ers are right there. And more, more importantly, probably, they, they have the confidence that they can do this. And, uh, you know, the, the, this, uh, this last half of the season is going to be really interesting. And I think you said it, David, with Seattle doesn't have any defense. Talk about points. You can put points on this this team and and if Flowers is in the game, I mean he's had I mean, he's a guy you have to kind of exploit. I heard tonight watching the game that is, is there a possibility that all the teams in the West could actually make it into the playoffs? Uh I don't know what the rules are on that. There's a seventh <laughs> seventh team, right, this year? Yeah they're, yeah, they're extending it. So, I mean, that could be interesting. That's something we got to start researching, yeah. Yeah, you got, you got to go out and win. And There's still a lot of football left to be played. I mean, the 49ers have played seven games now. That means they've still have nine to go. So we're not even halfway. But that's definitely something that I'm going to research now, Dennis, since you've given me the idea. Because right now they're in last place at four and three. Division's awesome. 
I mean, they're just kicking the crap out of these teams back east, right? They've won those two New York games, and then this one, 33-6. So I think next week, just to, you know, just a very quick glimpse at it, it's going to have to be a ball control week for the 49ers. And against Seattle's defense, I think they could really do that. Now we'll see if Debo Samuel's healthy. We'll have an update on him. Be sure to tune in later this week, and we'll get through all that. Anyway, for Matt Barrows and Dennis Brown, This is David Lombardi signing off after a 49ers 33-6 win. We'll talk to you midweek. It's Seahawks week, so get excited for that.